0: Everybody. Hello, Pete.
1: Hello, Joey, and happy new year to you. Happy new year to everybody. We have a, a new year 2021 and a new start for the I Am Vinyl podcast. We're going to give this uh, Zoom interaction a try as opposed to me basically uh, doing solo commentary and basically being an audio book to everybody the way the episodes have been the last uh, couple of years. So we're going to go a new route and try this out, bring Joey in. and some more friends of ours, friends from the I Am Vinyl Facebook page, as well as just our friends in general. So without any further ado, we are here today to talk about Black Friday Record Store Day 2020. We are a little late, but such is life when things happen that uh, have to prevent you from putting these shows together. But here we are. And so let's get started. What we gotta do right here is go
0: back. How far back? Way back.
1: A little way back, so we are going back to uh, November 27, 2020, which was Black Friday Record Store Day, and Joey and I are going to discuss our picks and, you know, what we think of them, the pros, the cons, you know, should you look out for them beyond Record Store Day at this point?
0: Yeah, because there's some out there. There's still some out there for sure.
1: Particularly the first one we're going to talk about, so without any further ado, let me go into my pile here. And pull out record number one. So here it is: Allison Chain's SAC EP. And uh, the original release date for this was February 4th, 1992. And this was limited to 8,500 copies. The original EP peaked at number 134 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart. <laughs> and I'm thinking that was in 1994 when it picked up. Some more steam, thanks to "Got Me Wrong," which picked up some more popularity a few years later.
0: Yeah, and, because of Clerks. Yeah.
1: Yes, certified gold with over 500,000 copies sold. Also, this was pressed by We Are Vinyl, and it's a one-sided reissue, and it has an etched side B. So, before I get into my thoughts, I want to get into your thoughts about the Allison Chain Sappy BP, Joey.
0: Yeah, um, I remember when this came out. You know on cd and the probably the reason another reason why i probably failed on the charts initially is i remember it was always uh you know just kind of buried away in like the cd single section yep. uh and it was never like stored with the proper releases so i remember that happening at least in the stores that i would go to so there was that and yeah there wasn't a presence on radio they didn't do a video for it this was one of their just like you knew they were a little bit different cause they were just like, Hey, let's just put this out, you know, for like our hardcore fans so we can put that second album out or while they're waiting for the second album. And so, yeah, no hype, no nothing. So I, I can understand why it didn't do great on the charts, but it's one of those heralded releases now because now like, you know, there's, there's so little output, you know, with Allison Chains and Lane Staley, that era that, uh, you know, anything, any kind of little release is going to get the full attention from now on. And it even started then, like, post-Dirt, when they really blew up. So, yeah, you're probably right about that peaking way after the fact, like, two years or so after it was released. So, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I was just glad, you know, just uh, my... I don't have a ton to say about the actual vinyl release. I mean, I enjoyed listening to it. It's pretty good pressing... Uh, I was very, very happy for the uh, official inclusion of Love Song, finally. (laughs) That's
1: right. That's right. Yeah, for the first time it was included on the the lyric sleeve, and I think it was on the the center ring label on the Music on Vinyl double release of uh, Jar of Flies and Sap, but it wasn't actually on the the lyric sleeve, so.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't have that, so I was curious. I was about to ask you that question, so. Right.
1: Yeah, I do have that. So if you want, I'll, I'll go into my thoughts about the record now.
0: Sure, sure. Okay,
1: so I pretty much had the same experience as you when I picked up the original CD, which I still own. It was in a little box of CD singles and, you know, random EPs at, at Record Factory on top of this glass shelf that housed like a bunch of cassettes. So I, I was even lucky to find it when it, when it first came out. And I think it was only like five ninety nine, And I picked it up and... I had no idea, and it was acoustic EP. I had no idea it was even being released. It was literally like one of those uh, surprises. Uh, if it's the only thing I can think of, really, it was one of those uh, surprises that I was like, "Oh shit, this is out." So I do remember first listening to it, and you know, realizing after a couple of songs that oh, okay, this is this must be an acoustic EP. So yep, there's Joey's copyright there, and so. I liked it initially. I liked it from the start. I, I thought it was great from the start. I thought it was um, it was nice that they were they were doing something different from what we had just heard from them with the We Dayang EP initially, and then facelift. So and then Joe is showing the etched side B right there for those. Viewers. It's hard
0: to it's hard for it to really show up. You yeah, know, but...
1: yeah, you could tell. Um, yeah. there's, there's a lot of pictures out there. I'm sure anyway. that are professional. Uh, if True. you Want to take a look. Yeah, and I remember here in New York, 1994, and I remember well because I was, I was actually playing in a bar band at the time with my older brother and asked me to play drums in his band with um, him and one of my cousins and one of his best friends at the time. And uh, one of the songs we actually played was Got Me Wrong because it was all over the radio at that point. This was in like, nice. 90, this was in like late 94 into 95, so I remember in our radio station here, uh, K-Rock, no longer on the radio waves at this point,
0: 92.3, oh, K-Rock.
1: Ninety-two-three K-Rock, yes. <laughs> uh, for all the Howard Stern fans uh, who used to listen.
0: Yeah, yeah, obviously that's how I know it.
1: So. Yeah, so they, they played it a ton. That It was on all the time, so that, that's my recollection. Now, as far as the pressing goes, I, I am one of the people who didn't luck out so well with the first and, and second copy, as you know. The first copy had some factory surface scratches on it and they were unfortunately audible so you hear them through three songs it basically sounds like this scratchy distorted noise so as I told you uh, you know offline here I ended up ordering another copy from discogs f- for list price and then that copy showed up with uh, a split cover and um, the lead-in at the very beginning has this big uh, surface marking and that's not really so much of a scratch it's more of a like a surface. I guess you could almost call it a scratch. It's just not deep enough to actually make the needle skip. But, you know, you hear it as it's leading into brother. So not too thrilled with that copy either. So I have to say, just from my perspective, and I've heard like a lot of people have received copies that were warped and other Mm -hmm. issues. So um, I'm a little iffy on it. You know, when, when there's no problems, you know, as far as the surface scratches or anything like that, it sounds really, really good. But in this case, I gotta say that music on vinyl is the better pressing, at, just at the moment. I mean, oh well,
0: yeah. I hard. mean, music on vinyl yeah. is is pretty much a mark of excellence at this point. You can't go wrong with them. I've been super happy with any reissue I've gotten with music on vinyl. Matter of fact, it's kind of proven to be like if I'm on the fence about getting something, if I know it's an MOV print, I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna get that. Like. Yeah, no, no, con- no contest. They do g- good stuff. You could tell they're using the original tape, uh, you know, to press it and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're quality. So they're, they're almost like on par with like a rhino or anything like at this point, as far as like a, a name that I trust. Yeah, So. Well,
1: yeah. I fully agree. You know, you know my feelings on music on vinyl. I, I pick up as many of them as, as I possibly can afford and fit in the collection back here. So I guess I have a, a little bit of a bias with the music on vinyl, but really I was very disappointed and I, I think, you know, we are vinyl. Sometimes they, they press really excellent vinyl, but then you get stuff like this and you're just like, you know, what happened here? Cause I noticed, you know, with some other purchases that I've, I've made and had to return and get replacements from Amazon. What's the common thing They're We are vinyl or their Columbia records or Sony, you know, a Sony product. So, well. I think something has fallen a little short with some of these pressings lately when it comes to sony we are vinyl columbia um you know I've, I've had a lot of replacement issues so yeah this this is one of them so i would say this pressing is you know it's it's fair it's it's decent for the money for the for the asking price but you know if, sure. you, get one, if you get one of these copies like i got you know you may be a little disappointed so invest in the music on vinyl jar of flies and sap double 180 gram vinyl set for sure it's definitely worth the over 30 bucks that you'd be asked to pay for it so
0: sure yeah
1: and that's i look
0: forward to the uh sap reissue on the next record store day i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) like so they could sell it on its own milk it a little bit you know
1: well (laughs) i have a feeling i'm not you know i'm not you know i'm not sure this would, would happen but something tells me they're probably going to reissue this again. It's probably not going to be the first time. There'll probably be another reissue outside of Record Store Day, and maybe, maybe then they'll improve upon, you know, what's happened here. I certainly sent in my feedback to We Are Vinyl. They have uh, a little feedback website that you could, you could send in comments. So, you know, okay. uh, I would say to anybody else that had the issues, you know, send them some comments. You know, maybe uh, they'll, they'll correct the issues and uh, throw a new copy your way at some point. It's, it's known to happen if those of you have had to do it with Universal Music.
0: Anyway, yeah, I wonder if uh, they have different divisions of like Sony-related vinyl people. Like Legacy seems to be pretty much with it. I've noticed the things that have already been on Legacy mm-hmm. uh, have better, you know, seem to have better <laughs> pressings. I could just be nitpicking here, but you know, nothing wrong with the ACDC dc ones or the Judas Priest ones. Those those come no. to mind. I so.
1: did, Yeah, you're right. The Judas Priest ones. The only issues with the Judas Priest we are vinyl ish- uh, reissues were. I think the inner sleeves were a little too small for the vinyl because most of them I got the, had seam splits and it wasn't even worth sending them back after a while because you're just gonna keep getting copies with the same issues. It's just, yeah, you know, exactly. but the vinyl itself, they, they do sound great. Although again, it's the same issues. I was actually listening to some of the Priest reissues recently, again, and again, there's some little factory surface marks, you know, you hear like little scratching noises here and there. So again, just, you know, just to what I said before, I think it's just something you know, in their pressing plant, maybe that just gets missed. But, you know, if it doesn't happen all too often, uh, thankfully, it's just a few of pressings here and there. If you want to move on, we can go on to number two. Okay, so I'll go to my number two here. It's a band we definitely share an appreciation for. We have a shared appreciation for. And it's Anthrax, Soldiers of Metal. Sorry for the glare. I'm trying to get it here.
0: Yeah, if i could uh if i could quote the band we referenced on the last segment i'm a little bitter about this one and uh yeah can i can i get into this because
1: uh, no, no, right ahead oh you go first
0: yeah so i I, <laughs> I look at the track list on this thing i'm like okay and i ask the obvious question is this a neil on vocals record or is this a joey on vocals record because obviously when Joey joined the band, they did a couple of re-records, live tracks, you know, like, you know, songs that were done with Neil before. And yeah. this looked like it was going to be a Neil thing. I mm-hmm. asked a couple of people, including you, and I looked online, and everything was leaning towards this is a Neil Turbin lead mm-hmm. vocal release. So I didn't get it. I, I balked on it. And, you know, because I'm I'm a probably a decent completist, but not a hardcore completist. I'm definitely a CD completist for anthrax, but not so much vinyl. Uh, but I am, I consider myself to be a big fan, but I just don't like the Neil record. I do not like fistful of metal. Um, some of the songs are there, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a production thing, but it's also a Neil thing, not a fan of his singing, honestly. Uh, so. I didn't get it i figured it was going to be a waste of money for me because i wouldn't listen to it right i'd listen to it once and i put it away and that's not the way you should buy records it should be something you'd want to approach multiple times so yeah i didn't get it and guess what happened pete take it away
1: <laughs> yeah it seems we all got a little duped here because i i told you oh it's it's a reissue of the the initial single ep with neil Turbin. But as soon as I opened mine and I looked at the back of the cover, I said, wait a minute. Fistful of Metal Live was recorded at the, I'm probably going to, you know, maul this. the Zeck Bachum Nightclub in Bachum, Germany. G'day, on, mate. <laughs> on May 12th, 1986.
0: So I'm like, hmm, 1986. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And All I had to do band. was look at the back of the thing. I had it in my hands. I didn't even read the back of it.
1: I'm actually, yeah, that's another thing you know, was, I guess it was easy to miss, but so, you know, I, I, I put it on and, you know, before we get into the the details as to what's on the vinyl again, uh, it's a black in orange vinyl and it plays at 45 RPM. And yeah, so as, as I was saying, the original release date was in 1983 and this is limited to 1,000 copies. Now, as I said, this is a live, this is a live performance from 1986. So I put the record on, and as I'm, I'm sending you messages and on Facebook Messenger, I'm saying, well, this is the, the concert that was featured in one of the clips on the Persistence of Video home video. When the, they, they put Metal Thrashing Mad in that home video, it's on this EP. So, you look on the Record Store Day site, I went to look again, because I wanted to make sure I wasn't going crazy. So I went to the Record Store Day site, and there it was, still still in there, says, reissue of the 1983 EP what the hell gives anthrax yeah. <laughs> why couldn't you just be up front with this one or did record store day just you know botch this completely you yeah. know uh, you know history tells you that you know the way anthrax has treated some of the foreign band members that uh they just simply didn't want to you know put out anything with neil on it
0: sure i i i back that decision but yeah there was the record store day site that really like gave me the final decision of not getting it and so due to that misrepresentation, didn't get it. You got it. I did. You're insane, but <laughs> I did not. And this is the one time that I do not feel justified in my method of thinking. So, uh, uh, out.
1: Uh, you And I assume you haven't looked to see on the secondary if it's even anything reasonable out there?
0: Price, Nothing price. reasonable. I've looked, but there ain't anything reasonable at this point. Yeah, it probably was like the first week, but now we're into like you know a month and change, two months, and uh, yeah, it's like double to triple what it was asking for at the time. So no, can't do it.
1: Uh, so, I hear... Well, say love you. Know, I, I hope at some point you know a copy happens to float along your way somehow. You know, maybe maybe something will happen. It'll... You get a copy of good records that would be pretty damn good
0: yeah that'd be nice
1: you know i just i just realized you know as we're moving on here you know before we move on to the next record we should queue up some songs so what do you say we play from alice in chain's SAP? what do you think we should play
0: let's go with brother brother yeah, brother? <laughs> yeah.
1: okay so we'll play brother from alice and and we're going to follow it with something from this Anthrax, Soldiers of Metal, not the 1983 version, but the new 1986 live in Bachum, Bachum, Germany.
0: Yeah, Gesundheit. Uh And also, that's going to be your pick since you've actually Oh yeah. It.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I think we're going to play the track that I mentioned before. Let's play. Let's play the track that was featured. On Persistence of Video, for those that are familiar with it and have seen it, maybe have revisited it in more recent times. So let's play Brother by Allison Chains from SAP, followed by Metal Threshing Mad from Anthrax Soldiers of Metal. Here and it's time to go for a record number three. So you go into my pile here, and the next one up, the
0: Beatzy Boys, B A S T I A.
1: That's right. So we have some old bullshit, and I believe is this. The first time this was issued on vinyl, I'm uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really
0: Ooh, I don't know because they may have done like a special Grand Royal issue. Yeah. You know, whenever they because they they put a lot of vinyl out on Grand Royal. Like I got to yeah. give them credit. So it's, it's big possible. Big. Uh, no, I, I know, know that they they pressed uh, Sounds of Science on vinyl when it first came out through Grand Royal. So I mean, I wish I'd have gotten that. Yeah. I know I know people that actually have that. Uh, so, but anyway. Back to some old bullshit.
1: It doesn't say anything on the label a lot of times the hype label will say first time on vinyl but this is doesn't say anything so so some old bullshit was originally released on February 8 1994. I still have my original CD and this is limited to eight thousand copies and it's on 180 gram white vinyl. And this actually peaked at number 46 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart when it was originally released.
0: Yeah, That shows you how hot they were at the time. Like, oh, yeah. If they could put this out. And I'm sure it pissed a lot of people off, too. You know, a lot of Fairweather really fans that didn't know who they were.
1: I really yeah. wonder. When I first got Check Your Head and, you know, I heard the hardcore stuff on there, I got to be honest, I really wasn't aware of their original origins being in the hardcore scene. And, and so I was I was pretty blown away. When I, when I heard the stuff on Check Your Head. So when this was announced that it was coming out, I was I was uh, pretty excited to hear all the older stuff. You know, obviously the recordings on here are, are very rough, but you know, it, it's hardcore. So you, you yeah. get what you pay for and, you know, it's a, it's a fun record. I, I really, I've never had any issues with it. It's not one that I go to a lot when it comes to yeah. the Beastie Boys, but you know, it's, it's fun. Uh, you know, the stuff on here, they're their earliest beginnings, you know. How how could you not you know smile and laugh when you hear Cookie Puss?
0: Yeah, I mean like that's I actually was familiar with the Cookie Puss you know single or EP or whatever you want to call it. I mean this is an EP in itself, right. uh, basically as far as time goes, not not so much track uh, number, but right. yeah, I, I had a second generation copy of the Cookie Puss cassette, and uh, it was like I, I heard that between listening to License to Ill and then Paul's Boutique coming out. So a friend of mine hooked me up with that. So I, I heard Cookie Puss and Beastie Revolution many times. So I, I was familiar with that early part going into this EP. And I knew they had played hardcore music. I had never heard any of it until this came out, I'm sure, as most people. Uh, cause I And uh, you probably weren't old enough to have experienced any of those uh, rumblings of early hardcore Beastie no. Boys. You probably know some people that did. Okay. But, yeah. Um, but yeah like it, it seems like such a cool thing and like you know they're female bass player and like that kind of like lost lineup you know so yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and the the vinyl itself you know my copy my copy was good like i said i mean the, the recordings on here are rough so you know you're not yeah. you're not expecting you know pristine audio file quality Yeah, like
0: one's from a radio show. One's basically taken from a cassette copy that someone made of them on a radio show one night. So that's what you're looking at here. I
1: just just love you. Reagan Youth, they were great. Bad Brains, they were
0: great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like Mike D, but I I guess it's just the DJ on there. But doesn't he sound like Mike D when he's hyping everything? It does.
1: It kind of does.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What song would you play from some old bullshit? You know, would Mm. would you play... a grade on Mojo, or would you play Cookie Puss, you know? Throw a little fun into the set here.
0: I'm always down for Cookie Puss. I mean, of course, the uncensored version. Yes, yes. Okay. I, there's no point for that censored version to be on there other than just to fill time. Uh, BC Revolution's too weird, although I love dub reggae. Uh, I'm tempted. Yeah. But, yeah, let, let's just stick with Cookie Puss, which is, I could just imagine, I always theorize the recording here where it's like the early days of being able to record a phone call. Yeah. And oh, they, yeah. It's just that. And then the only record they had laying around to scratch on was, uh, Steve Martin's, uh, uh, comedy is not pretty, you know, like, or, you know, like that's the only record that was in the studio. <laughs>
1: yeah, That's great.
0: That
1: is great. I
0: actually know what bit that is that they, uh, scratch on. So yeah, it's, uh, where he actually like talks about changing his name back to his birth name so right. Which, by the way in case he since you never get the payoff I'm gonna tell you right here his real name is Gern Blanston
1: Oh so his name is Gern Blanston yeah <laughs> right. right here An exclusive on the I am final podcast
0: <laughs> yeah let's do cookie puss man for sure So,
1: well before we get to the next one well, I
0: before we do that yeah
1: I want to go grab something and just say that this needs to be. This needs to be a record store day exclusive or something or they just need to release the damn thing on vinyl if they haven't already
0: oh you got aglio don't you yeah i knew it i knew it i've got that too yeah i even awesome. have i have the japanese version with the extra track on it how about that how you oh, like nice. me now nice. yeah
1: i, I actually may, i may have that in my digital files but no i don't have the physical yeah. please please grand royal please
0: they, they should have put it together like yeah. Like the two Alice in Chains EPs, we should have a pressing of that somewhere. I mean, I, I could see cool, a double yeah. gatefold with the two covers on it. That'd be brilliant.
1: If you want to put on something brand new, it's brand new for you. Put this mm-hmm. damn thing out on vinyl.
0: Oh okay. yeah.
1: So let's move on to the next record here. We have record number four, and I believe this is another one that this is another one that I solely purchased. I just had to listen to this again before we uh, started having this conversation. Blue Voice the cult live 83 and nice. this, this is a two LP black and blue pressing. It's, it's a very dark black and blue marble pressing. So if you, when you open it, you look at it initially and it, it looks, it looks none more black. But really, if you put it up under a light or anything like that, you could see the black and blue swirls. So it's very, very nice, very nice vinyl press here. I have no issues, no complaints about this. And this was pressed by Real Gone Music, who, as you know, have been putting out the great Cheap Trick live albums for the past few years. On great job on
0: those. Line. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Is this one of those Um, cases where it's like a radio show or a soundboard and they just clean it up really well?
1: This is uh, limited to 1,500 copies, and it says on the hype label, a legendary bootleg finally available in a legit reissue. So I guess it's the same as the Cheap Trick live records from the past few years. You know, these were long bootlegged in the the bootleg circles, and uh, now you have an official release. So, you know, being that I've really gotten into Blue the Cult more in the last few years. I think you you probably have been into them a bit longer than I have, but uh, I got into them a little bit late in the game, but nonetheless, uh, I've been picking up some records by them. And uh, yeah, like I said, this, this is a great live set. If you can manage to find a copy of this and you're a fan, I absolutely give it the highest recommendation to buy. So, you know, I can quickly go down the set list not not with every song but you know you, you hit some of the, the big hits you got you burning for you you got don't fear the reaper obviously on here um yeah you i know, got some cover songs born to be wild roadhouse blues and you know just just a wide range of, of their stuff up until 83. the track that when i've listened to this you know the few times that i've listened to it already the track that has stood out to me that i'm gonna pick to play on this episode it's from the first record, and it ends side two. Cities on Flame with Rock and Roll. All right. So, you know what? Let's play those two tracks now. Let's play the Beastie Boys, Cookie Puss from Some Old Bullshit, and we'll follow that with Cities on Flame with Rock and Roll from Blue Oyster Cult, live in 83. Anyway, this is Noise the Show. I'm Jimmy Summer. There was a really great show last night down and down town somewhere. Um, the Beastie Boys played. They were great. Reagan Youth played. They were great. Bad Brains. Great, great, great. Great show. Anyway, we're going to hear something now from the Beastie Boys. boys, boys,
2: boys. I said, I'm calling
3: you, baby. Yo, B, answer the phone. Yo, B.
4: May I help you?
3: Yes, what's your name? Hello? Hello, man, you got Cookie
4: Puss's number? Here's my supervisor. He'll help you. (laughs) Yo, man, where's the supervisor at? I I, I got the number anyway,
5: baby.
2: Bitch, hang up on me.
6: These pussy crumbs are making me itch.
4: A
2: cookie
4: butt?
2: Hey! A cookie butt? Maybe I should scratch.
6: <gasps> oh, guys, here go. Uh, yes, here I go. My real name is. My real name is. <sighs> My real name is. My sister's name was Hill, 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 Hill,
2: Hill,
7: Hill, Hill, Hill,
2: Hill,
1: Cookie Puss by the Beastie Boys from Some Old Bullshit. And Blue Earth Cult with Cities on Flame with Rock and Roll from Live eighty three.
0: Hey, by the way, is Junk Crawford on that record?
1: It is. It is nice. actually oh. it is on side three, right after Burning For You.
0: Shooting Shark?
1: Uh no. That is oh, not on okay. here. You have Stairway- That may to-
0: be a little later, yeah. Okay, but yeah, I love Joan Crawford. I always give it up for that song off of their best album.
1: You have Stairway to the Stars, Harvester of Eyes, Workshop of the Telescopes, Before the Kiss, A Red Cap, uh, Born to Rock, which was another highlight. That was uh, something from Buck Dharma's solo record, I guess at the time. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, I think that's Neil that's Smith played on that record, I think. Or a, that's
1: what a really it? good, that's a really good, I almost went with that track uh, to feature on here. But maybe we'll play that someday on another somebody
0: record. from the original alice cooper group played on that record just in case somebody wants to trash okay. me for not knowing it so. <laughs> yeah. so
1: then you have hot rails to hell seven screaming diz busters cities on flame with rock and roll Burning for you joan crawford born to be wild don't fear the reaper and roadhouse blues so that is oh, wow. set- that you would be in for if you choose to buy Blue Wish the Colt Live 83. So now we are going to move on to my next pick and it's the first of two seven inches that I picked this time around for Black Friday and here it is. You can see there is Chris Cornell, his take on Guns N' Roses Patience and it is backed with Nothing Compares to You. Which you could say is either by Sinead O'Connor or you would probably say Prince.
0: It was written by Prince. So yeah, it was written it's by technically Prince. a Prince cover, yeah. But right. actually it's uh it wasn't originally recorded either by either artist. So who it recorded was, it first? It was recorded by a band on Paisley Park. Uh I, I wanna say it was Maserati, but God, I, I I should know this offhand, being a big Prince fan. But it's on one of it was one on one of his Paisley Park signings, and he uh, okay. gave it to them. So it's a cover of a cover, of a cover, I believe is how that goes. So, okay.
1: so this is a exclusive white vinyl seven inch on, and it's a forty five rpm. And have you have you heard this at all, or are you still not familiar with uh, his versions on here?
0: Yeah, no, I've heard both of those songs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're they're good. I mean. Yeah. You know, it's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to trash Chris Cornell then or now, so because <laughs> yeah, he's mega talented and he puts a lot into his covers. You could tell he's a fan of mm-hmm. what he's singing. I feel like he never sang a song that he wasn't committed to, uh, the overall thought of what's in the song. So, you know, I give it up for him on that for yeah. sure. So. Yeah, and patience was always one of my safeties on the guitar. Every time I picked up the. Uh, I had a really kick-ass, uh, still have it, uh, 12-string acoustic. Uh, patience was definitely one of my go-tos, so.
1: Nice. You know. All right, yeah, I also liked Chris Cornell's take on, on both tracks. I thought he did a really good job. So obviously, we're going to play Patience. I think it goes without saying. So we're going to play Patience from the Patience 7-inch by Chris Cornell. So let's move on to the next one here it's the f- first and only of its kind in my pack of records here and it's a picture
0: disc ace frilly space the truck- ace Frehley sampler
1: yes exactly yes the ace Frehley, the ace Frehley sampler on picture disc by e1 entertainment e1 heavy and so this is the space truckin limited edition picture disc obviously Space
0: adds- ace truckin
1: Yes, that's right. I can't. I gotta get it right. Space Ace trucking, <laughs> and um, this, this is limited. <laughs> this is limited to 2,100 copies. And as Kiss and Ace fairly fans are well aware, this ties in to his recently released covers set, Origins Volume Two, which was released back in September of 2020. So I haven't played this picture disc. I, I typically don't open a lot of my picture discs. They they are basically collector pieces for me most of the time. So if I'm going to play anything, it's probably going to be taken from one of the regular vinyl records that I have. But I mean, let's let's just talk about your thoughts and my thoughts on the picture disc that the tracks that are included on here, but also let's let's get into a little bit of Origins Volume 2. So the picture disc itself, for those who aren't aware already, it has his take of space trucking on side A. And then side B, you have space invader, the radio edit, which is already included on a <laughs> space invader pressing. I think it's the, the SPV, German pressing that I, I actually have here. And I'm sure a bunch of other mm. fans have mission to Mars, which was on Spaceman. space man, space truck radio edit. That's a waste <laughs> and <laughs> the return of space bear, which was on the deluxe reissue of anomaly and you know, fun track. That
0: that that's an enticer. That's the one enticer track for sure. Like because
1: it was originally an iTunes bonus track for Anomaly, and you know they've obviously they've they've released it now on actual physical releases. So I gotta say I've I've listened to Origins Volume Two a few more times since its initial release, and I'm in agreement with a lot of Kiss fans. It's it's the weaker of the two. I gotta be that guy, and I gotta nitpick a little bit. You know ace's vocals they, they they do get a little tiresome to hear now both you and i can agree and i think we can agree with a lot of kiss fans or i would hope that a lot of Kiss fans would agree with us ace Frehley's never been a quote unquote vocalist but you know we've um i don't want to say tolerated but you know we we accept ace
2: sure there you how, go for
1: how he sounds <laughs> it's getting increasingly more difficult as he releases more records for me and i've heard other Podcasters say this, so I'm, I'm not trying to parrot what anyone else is saying. But you know, you li- you can listen with your ears, you know, and and you could hear that it's just the auto tune is there, and you know, after a while, you, you just get a little bit tired of it. And uh, I think Ace should go with more guest vocalists, and you know, use the strengths of the guys in his band. You know, the worst thing was, you know, he had. You know, and Matt Starr is a great drummer that he has right now. But I believe his previous drummer was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was it Anthony Esposito? or Mike? kidding
0: him? No, uh, Scott Coogan. Thank hey.
1: you. Okay, Scott Coogan. Yeah. Scott Coogan, you know, he sang- Nice rock. guy
0: too, by the way. Yeah.
1: That's from what I've heard too, I never I never met him myself. But, um, you know, Origins Volume One, he sings on a few tracks and he is a you know, great vocalist. Very, very, very good vocalist. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of a shame to lose that presence in his band. Agreed. So I think, you know, as good
0: as good um, as his band is and they're legit fans of the music of kiss, they do it well. Yeah. Uh, it's a different dynamic now. Like it's, you know, cause Richie Scarlet, and Scott Coogan were really cool to have in aces band. They had that rock and roll thing going on and not that the new guys don't, but it's a different thing. Like yeah. these guys are from, you know, like, you know, Tennessee and these other guys are New York guys. Like, so perception like right there, it's just like, it's way different, you know? And like I said, they can all play. They're all great and they're doing better than me. That's for sure. But yeah, it's like, you know, you kind of want a little bit like ace thing, his whole draw or a lot of his draw, especially from hardcore fans, is like he's the dangerous, he's the rock and roll guy, you know, and, and yeah, Richie's, want... guys like Richie Scarlett and Scott Coogan represent that as well, especially Richie. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just want an original, at this point, and I, I don't mind the covers. Ace has always done covers. That's not news. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, at this point, like, I want a well-written original album. And I think Space Invader is the overall strongest one. Uh, Of all of them that he's done on this last run for like a decade and change. So I would just put in an extra word to say, write a good original album, but also use John Ostrowski as much as you can, because that guy can write a tune and the songs he wrote on Space Invader are the best songs on there. So... That's my take on it. E1 has never met a Record Store Day uh, exclusive that they didn't like, or an idea that anybody brought to them. That also being said,
1: well, there, we know. there goes
0: my endorsement from yeah. E1.
1: Well, <laughs> you know, we, we joke about it a lot, but got to calm it down on the colored vinyl variants.
0: <laughs> Oof. You a little think? Bit, just a little bit?
1: A little out of control. A little yeah. out of control. And we're not talking about Peter Chris.
2: <laughs> anyway,
1: so uh yeah i gotta agree but i would say you know my favorite ace record out of this latest run since he's come back honestly it's been anomaly and it still is anomaly i i still think that's his best work you know the vocals they still sound very close to the ace that was doing trouble walking
0: you know i I like anomaly yeah yeah. that's a good and that's definitely a true follow-up to trouble walking you're absolutely right yeah Uh, but there's always like those like two or three turkey tracks on there that's just like I, I I can't fully endorse any of these records, you know, like Anomaly has a little below the angels, Space Invader has the Joker. Oh
1: <laughs> where he actually so, lost the beginning of the drum track, but he still he used a click track in its place. It was just like Just rebuild the drum track or just figure out a way to re record the drums. I, I that's like I don't know, lazy one oh one, Ace. So like, you just kind of you could have made that one a little bit better. Yeah, a Little Below the Angels. I know that that's, that's very cringeworthy for a lot of people, you know. Yeah. And, uh,
0: it makes dolls good.
1: <laughs> I know a lot of people really like dolls, and a lot of people like you know, a Little Below the Angels. I could tolerate it, but I, I totally understand why people don't like that song. Yeah, I know you weren't a big fan of Spaceman, because I actually was wanted to give you like one of my extra copies, and you were like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's damaged a bit, because it got, it got sent here, like... It got punted around but i was like I, i'm not gonna send it back you want it for the record and you're like nah <laughs> so, right,
0: just uh next next uh next package just throw it in if there's room
1: <laughs> I, I actually um,
0: you got rid of I it i sold it
1: i sold it to a record shop, and 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 they, they took it and gave me a few bucks for it
0: good so, as long as you got some credit for it that's that's what counts because yeah. i was never going to put that on the, the turntable yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, so um, we we gave Ace a ringing endorsement. <laughs> so I,
0: I guess we can move on to, to. I got some pipe backstage. If you want to look at it, tell me about it.
1: <laughs> well, listen, you know, at the end of the day, we're still fans. We still we still love Kiss and we still love Ace. But hey, we're gonna we're gonna be critical when we have to be. All right, Joey. So we got we got to play some more tunes. So we're gonna play "Patience" from the Chris Cornell White seven inch. What should we play from? to represent the Space Truckin' picture disc. You know, we can go with Space Truckin' if we want to promote Origins Volume 2 a little bit for E1, or we can go with one of the uh, you know extra tracks that showcases his other releases on this uh, promo sampler.
0: Yeah, I'm inclined to uh, one of two, and then you choose. Well, uh, I know either, what you're going to go with. Yeah, either the song from uh, Space Invader or the Space Bear song.
1: I knew it, uh, I knew it. All right, we're going to play the return of Space Bear.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do Chris Cornell's tribute to uh, Guns N' Roses followed by Ace Frehley's tribute to Tom Snyder. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: like a spaceman.
1: Chris Cornell with his take on Guns N' Roses Patience from the white vinyl 7-inch. And that was followed by Ace Ferrelli with the return of Space Bear, representing the space Truckin' picture disc, but taken from the Anomaly Deluxe reissue from a few years back. And so next up is another 7-inch, the only other one that I picked up out of my picks. And it is right here can see right there is the david gilmore yes i have ghosts and it is the same song on both sides the b-side has an andy jackson mix and they're both the same length and time honestly i can't tell much of a difference
0: i was gonna say i was gonna ask if you could tell not even like the old days where the instrumental is the b-side or something yeah uh,
1: yeah so it's he just basically recorded this one track and put it out for black friday record store day i don't see anything about any new album that he's working on or this being from anything that he's had in the works I sent you the, the digital track from the we are vinyl download did you get a chance to listen to it
0: yeah yes I did so yeah, it was it was it was nice and uh, you know I'm uh, I you know me I'm not a big Floyd guy but you know I'm gonna give a stock answer here I, I, I respect David he's a great player. Uh, anybody, I think Paul McCartney even singles him out as one of the great guitar players of all time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, respect. Uh, yeah, not a bad track. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to compare it to. So uh, you might have more a little little more you know thing something to say about that. I do.
1: I do. So <laughs> so if I was gonna compare it to to something, I'm actually it right, very happens to be right here, which is nice and perfect. But it reminds me of this record that he put out. And it was in two thousand fifteen, his last full length studio record, Rattle That Lock.
0: Yeah. There's there's so you, think this is a, you think this is an outtake then? Or like no, I, or think he, I think
1: he actually recorded this, you know, more recently. So okay. I don't think it's an outtake or anything, but it does it does remind me of some of the stuff that's on on that record. Yeah, so you know again it's a seven inch, it's forty five RPM. Sounds really great. So obviously, you know, we, we know what track we're gonna play, so you're gonna get to hear <laughs> what it sounds like on vinyl.
0: Cool. Well, which mix are you going to play, the A-side or the B-side?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely going to play the A-side because, uh, oh, okay. yeah, I'm going to play the A-side. So you do
0: have I, an opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I could hardly tell a difference. So I'm just going to you know, go with the A-side on that <laughs> one. But yeah, like I said, it, it does remind me of some stuff that he did on his last record. You know, it's uh, very soft. But David Gilmour is one of my all-time favorite guitar players. You know, I'd say he's a guitar hero of mine in terms of stuff that I've written and he's, you know, he's influenced a lot of my guitar playing. You know, I'm not a big solo guy, but you know, David Gilmour, he has like that art where he could take a guitar solo. That's, you know, for a guy like me that doesn't want to be Aah! like, you know, the, the, the angry bee <laughs> You know, for a guy like me that doesn't play like that, you know, David Gilmour is great influence because he could take like a few simple notes and just make, make them sound incredible so
0: yeah i I I will say i will say his playing in that style you described i completely agree way more listenable than other heralded guitarists that get the same kind of description put to them like clapton like (laughs) in my opinion gilmore blows away clapton so
1: i'm more of a i'm more of a gilmore fan than than clapton for sure you know i think i think just gilmore he just hey he just puts so much fucking feel into everything that, that he does you know especially the guitar solos. I mean, you know, you, you've seen the performances of you know, Comfortably Numb, and, you know, the, the classic Floyd stuff. I mean, he, he, does, he doesn't basically just, you know, sit there going, oh, it's just another day in the park. I got to play all this fucking crap. You know, he, he puts every, everything into it. You know, his live concerts are worth purchasing on DVD and, and the records. So yeah, I have, you know, nothing but uh, high praise for David Gilmore here. Although the only thing I do miss as far as you know, what's on this seven-inch for? Yes, I have ghosts. I do miss you know the harder you know David Gilmour you know the rock the hard rock stuff that he would you know he would put on the records. You know, on an island has has some moments you know where you know amps up the the you know the guitar a little bit you know distorted guitars and you know heavy distorted guitar solos with his signature delays and you know reverb and the the effects that he uses. You know, instead now you have him playing uh, acoustic guitar with nylon strings. You know, you get this nice, you know, acoustic guitar solo on my, nylon strings. You know, great, but yes, it does make me miss some of the harder era stuff, but you know, he's obviously getting older and- this yeah, is,
0: I mean, this is this nice is the music that's in his brain right now because yeah. I mean, he's basically spent the last few decades on a yacht from what I understand, so- he, his own,
1: you know, he named his record on an island.
0: The yeah, It yeah, has its own island. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. He so it's like- so like, I don't expect him to mirror either of our t-shirts. Uh, not that he ever did, but yeah, it's like, there, there's no anger in here at all. Like, and I wouldn't expect that if he, if he was doing that, people would trash it because he wouldn't be honest, you know, like there's no way he'd be honest if he was playing something kind of angry and like heavily distorted at this point. Just, yeah. I don't see it happening. You
1: know, like I, I, like I said, you know, as, as a fan, I, I do, I do miss newer music from him in that realm but you know also as a fan and you know following him for so long and you know the fact that he has settled into this more relaxed you know lifestyle i I can see why he's he's gone this route you know you know he doesn't he doesn't want to turn it up anymore and you know crank it up and and you know play the guitar on on 11 you know he wants to play it on like three
0: yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't get mad at 70 to 80-year-old billionaires that have been doing this forever going soft. I get angry at 20-year-olds that have the world in front of them, and they're already gone soft. So, yeah, that that's my uh, critique there about uh, youth okay. culture. So, there you go. <laughs>
1: All right. So, again, we, we obviously know we're going to play Yes, I Have Ghosts. So, let's move on to my next pick here, and I'm looking forward to this one.
0: I feel like we're doing the uh, the hard and heavy video grab bag every time you go down there.
1: Oh, nice! All right, I'm with that. Yeah. So I think we both we both definitely want yeah. this one.
0: Master yes, for of sure.
1: Reality, Sunrise yeah. on the Suffer Bus, and this the, was
0: the original. second the second best album that Ginger Baker ever played drums on.
1: Yes. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I gotta say, you know, I actually listened to um, Blind Faith. I listened yeah. to Faith oh. again the other day, and man, I mean, not only this, just for the drum solo that's uh at the end of the record on uh, "Do What You Like," but I just I just love that record.
0: Yeah, I need to listen to that record more. I've only heard it a handful of times oh, in my life, yeah. so I'll Please say do. like right now it's currently Disraeli and then Masters of Reality as far okay. as uh, my ginger banker ranking. So, so the
1: I, details- I I did
0: recently acquire a live album of his like the ginger baker air force have you ever heard that no and it's just jammy jazz rock stuff you know pretty much instrumental in some blues covers here and there but it's so funny because now he's in charge of like as the leader of the band like he's in charge of talking on the microphone between the songs it's so funny because he sounds like neil from the young ones he's like all right we're gonna do this one here it's called Dada, man. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking thrilled to be here. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I think we've both seen the, the, the Ginger Baker
0: documentary movie, right? Beware of Mr. Baker, yeah. yeah. The, just the
1: beginning of that movie. I mean, if you don't watch <laughs> that movie after the first five minutes, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. But yeah. like, I can digress.
0: That, it, it has a hook, for sure. Oh, for sure. So if
1: you haven't seen it, we've given you the hook. So go, go check it out. And... Speaking of checking things out, if you haven't heard this record, anyone who's not heard Masses or Reality, definitely, definitely check these guys out if you could still find this or any any of their first few records. I have to revisit some more of their later stuff, but the first, first two records, I'm fully on board. So this one was originally released in 1992. And as I mentioned on my post of this particular record store day edition, I originally purchased this on cassette at a local store called Zigzag that's no longer here. This copy here is limited to 1,800 copies. And on the hype label, it says it's on natural. It's a natural vinyl pressing. Doesn't say clear, doesn't say translucent. It just says natural. So we're going to go with natural vinyl pressing. And this <laughs> natural vinyl pressing sounds excellent. I have no issues with it. And you know revisiting the record again, as I have a few times, I love it i like it a whole lot more than than i did when i first bought the cassette in 1992 where i probably didn't get it as much back then and joey thank you for showing us the record here for those watching
0: Here's that natural white yeah yeah there it
1: is it's fucking natural so (laughs) um yeah so like i said I, i don't think i was fully ready for this record in 1992 and you know i was expecting you know some more of you know, what I had heard at the time from the first record, which, you know, I had gotten turned on to from my cousin and us catching the video for the candy song on Headbangers Ball back in 1988. Speaking of which, you know, the release of Sunrise on the Suffer Bus, it prompted me to finally pick up a copy of the first album on vinyl. So I got the original pressing, a nice gold stamp promo copy of the first record from Masters of Reality just after this one was delivered. So I'm, definitely a a much bigger fan of this band than I probably was before this reissue was out. So uh,
0: yeah, it's one of those nineties gems that people don't talk about. And I, I I got it on CD like years after it came out, like before the end of the nineties. And I remember my radio station locally here actually latched onto, she got me when she got her dress on. And I was like, yeah, this is a killer song. Yeah. And I should have bought the record then I didn't but yeah I it's really cool record it's good enough to where I say even if you can't find it on vinyl get it on CD because it's that good you should own it yeah uh, but yeah it's uh, like nice right I, 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 th- I think we, we should go with that opener because that that's the song that's gonna sell it if people have never heard it like and uh, that that's the one it just gets you gets the blood going it's got some of the best recorded drums probably in the history of rock and roll I mean ginger sounds amazing you know like when the producers and the band had him in the studio they were just like okay we need to make him sound as good as possible you know they probably were paying him enough to where it's like okay let's make this one count Yeah. so that's the feeling i get from it but it's good they did because the drums really shine on it but it's just a cool song anyway it kind of has a like a punk rock blasters kind of feel to it and they're they're from the what i call the queens of the stone age uh, family tree now you know oh, like, yeah. Caius and you know all the you know so someone, like, if I, you're if you're a Queens of the Stone Age guy then this belongs in your collection as part of the family tree.
1: Yeah, I've mentioned to some people when they they ask oh, who is this band I you know never heard of them. Certain people I was surprised they had never heard of them, and I said yeah it's sort of like the early beginnings of what you would hear with Queens of the Stone Age. You know, Chris Goss produced like all of the Queens of the Stone Age records at this point or at least a few of them. I know he sure. produced. um one with Dave Grohl, uh, uh, song yeah. Death. Yeah. But um, yeah, and the, the, the other thing interesting about She Got Me When She Got A Dress On is that's their only song that ever made any kind of dent on any of the Billboard charts. It, it hit like one mm. of those mainstream rock radio charts, but they've never had another song chart since. So that, that, yeah. I, I found that interesting too. But I'm gonna th- throw something into the mix here. So we're gonna play the David Gilmour track. Yes, I have ghosts, and we're going to follow that with She Got Me When She Got Her Dress On from the Masters of Reality Natural Vinyl Edition of Sunrise on the Suffer Bus.
0: There's a double Uh, shot for you.
1: And, well, 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 I'm going to throw a triple shot in because we're going to play something from the first Masters of Reality right afterwards. And, And you can see here see the stamp down there it's a little faded ah, but there you go yeah so i'm gonna play something from this right here nice original deaf american copy
0: Ah, natural black
1: Na- old natural old black so i think we're gonna play the single that i first heard from this band so let's play yes i have ghosts followed by she got me when she got her dress on Followed by the Candy Song.
5: The heat of the sun stayed on through the night, made specters of strangers playing games with my sight. I passed through the station, a face in the crowd. The whistle was blowing, the barrier
1: Is David Gilmore with Yes, I Have Ghosts, followed by a double shot from Masters of Reality, She Got Me When She Got Her Dress On, from the natural vinyl pressing of Sunrise and the Suffer Bus, and the Candy Song from their debut album from the original Deaf American Vinyl Press. So next up, I'm going to go into my pile here, go back to the hard and heavy grab bag, <laughs> and we've got fucking
0: motorhead there you go
1: motorhead with on the first
0: yeah on parole the first proper album yep this is the Uh,
1: expanded and remastered 2lp set of their original first record the original release date for the first version of this was december 8th 1979 it peaked at number 65 on the uk albums chart
0: did you say march 8th of 79 December 8th, 1979. Oh, December 8th. Okay. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah, so I'm just slightly older than this actual album. So I was born in March of 79. So, uh, But yeah, I remember uh, buying... They put out like a CD reissue of this in a way, like in the States, as far as I know, back in the decade of the 2000s when I was still working in a CD store. And it was just called Motorhead. Right. And it had... Pretty much all these songs in here with a handful of bonus tracks that aren't on this release. Yeah, yeah, that's probably that one. I've got, I I, I wish I had to hear my CD stuff's in the other room, but I won't I won't uh, run around here. But uh, it's, I, I want to say it was like maybe like a Cleopatra or one of those kind of labels you would expect to have a bad issue out. But it was so cool because it was like a leather wallet oh. kind of uh, feel on the CD. It was a Digipak, but it was like a leather wallet. It was really cool. And it came with a Motorhead sticker. And uh, they threw in like, a, I think a live version of leaving here on there. And I think a couple of more bonus tracks from that period. So also another quality CD issue. But it's really nice that On um, Parole has a proper, I, this has got to be its real first decent exposure in the States as far as a release goes, I would think.
1: So. Yeah. And in this one, there's I didn't notice any limited amount of copies, any statistics, so I'm assuming there's a lot of them out there. But, yeah, uh,
0: they I, I I'm seeing them still out and about. They're out yeah. there physically, so it's not as limited. If people missed out on it, then it's uh, I would definitely say go ahead and start getting some now. Yeah, uh, the uh, the single is probably harder to get at this point. The 12 inch that came out at the same time. Yeah. but yeah, the, the I would say if you're any kind of Motorhead fan, you should get it. It's not you could definitely make the argument that Overkill is their first real album as far as the sound you would come to know from them. Yeah. uh but this is still worth getting as you know almost like an historical thing just on principle uh it's not a bad album either it's maybe just not what you're expecting so
1: yeah um i i've had a vinyl version of their their first record you know this similar to the to the cd that i just showed so this would be this the second variation that i have now on vinyl uh, as you know i actually i picked up the cd version too so yeah. this one i've revisited uh, a few times since first opening it. Kind of hard to choose a track from this one. So uh, maybe I'll defer to you and see what you think and see if we uh, line up here.
0: I'll go with the uh, actually one of the covers on there. Uh, the Holland O's, your Holland cover of Leaving Here. That's always a favorite of mine. Okay. Can't go wrong with that song. It's a, it's a standard. You, That's one of those songs if you were playing in the pubs in England back in those days, you had to know that song. That was... Like if you couldn't play that song, you couldn't play in a band. So, well, uh, that's a, that's a standard.
1: That is a great track on here. When I've listened to this a few times, there's one track that's that's always stuck out, and um, I, I didn't look to see, you know, if there was a different a different vocalist. Maybe you could tell me here, but is there somebody else singing on Vibrator?
0: I think that god i don't know his name i think he might be the guitar player that just recently passed uh, the original guy that's so, a
1: that's a pretty kick-ass song every
0: that is time, every time
1: i listen to it i just, like I, I just like, like I just like like it's a kick-ass rock and roll song here
0: yeah yeah and, let's play that screw it. you convinced me let's, let's, let's go with that one. this
1: is why i was you know having this little conundrum in my brain like what should i what should i you know what would i want to feature from this record
0: no, this will be a good this will be a good indicator is how far away it gets from what is known as the traditional motorhead sound in a way because now you don't even have like Lemmy singing
1: That's exactly why I was you know iffy on that one because you don't have Lemmy singing on it yeah. but but it's like
0: it's like uh, it's like uh, the period right be- right between the end of his Hawkwind period and right before motorhead is basically what this sound is He's still finding his sound his own original thing. Yeah, that's uh, You know, it's like somewhere between Lost Johnny and the Motorhead song. <laughs> you come up with this, and it's cool, you know?
1: Yeah. So, but with that said, you know, we do have another Motorhead release. And, uh, I mean, obviously this one, it's obvious that Lemmy is, is singing on it, so there's no question. And it's the Ace of Spades Christmas Edition 12-inch single, limited edition red vinyl. So the original release... Was sometime in 1980. I, I mean, pretty easy to assume it was released in November or December of yeah. 1980. This was a limited to 2,500 copies. The original single peaked at number 15 on the UK Singles Chart.
0: Wow, and, that's and- pretty. That's pretty high for UK. Like it's as famous as the song is now. I just can't imagine it was a big hit song then. But that's that's not bad.
1: Yeah. And also it's uh, certified gold with over 400,000 copies sold in, in the UK. Wow. Uh, Huge, huge single for that. We haven't actually discussed the 40th anniversary of the album, Ace of Spades. That's going to be coming up in a future episode. So that also made me wonder, do we play the the title track or do we play something else? So if you want to play Dirty Love, let's play Dirty Love.
0: Yeah. And, uh, they could still go deep on the record later. So,
1: okay. Then, that is the decision that has been made by this you know two-man jury here so let's play motorhead with va 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 from on parole expanded and remastered followed by dirty love from the ace of spades christmas edition 12 inch single and the b-side
4: I get the urge to do my legendary thing. The stars in your eyes don't tell no lies. I know you better, start to ring. my great time.
1: all right we're back that was a double shot of motorhead first starting with vibrator from the on parole expanded and remastered 2lp set followed by dirty love the b-side on the ace of spades christmas edition limited edition red vinyl 12 inch single
0: yeah speaking of christmas it's definitely christmas if you are a big fan of the ace of spades record or just motorhead in general because it was you know they just squeaking in at the end of the year in 2020 they put out the big, big, huge Epic Ace of Spades box set. And it, I've seen it in person and it is massive. Like, it's like, I really want to get it. It looks great. But even then, if that's too rich for your blood, they've got like really nice, like the regular deluxe uh, of the vinyl reissue is really nice. It's kind of got a book spine to it. And it's just, uh, so it's like, man, I could totally get both of those. Uh, And, you know, you got a a full live show on there and there's just a ton of inserts in like the big, big box sets. So it's like, uh, I wonder which one I'm going to go with by the end of the day, but I'll probably wind up getting the smaller one. But man, that that big one looks real nice. So keep an eye out for that one.
1: All right. did a little promo there for Motorhead and their recently released Ace of Spades 40th anniversary editions. So let's move on to my final pick in terms of the record store day, Black Friday 2020 special limited edition pressings. And uh, this one was the, probably the top priority this time around because I don't own it on vinyl and I've wanted to own it on vinyl for a long time. I've Had it on CD for many years, originally had it on cassette. And it's this album right here, Tesla's second album Great Radio Controversy. Really great record here. And this was originally released on February 1st, 1989. And this particular copy here is limited to 1,000 copies. And it is on, if you can see right here, it's on a translucent violet colored vinyl. It's Hmm. got the original Geffen Records label on it.
0: It's, it's gone you can you can't find this anywhere at this point anymore and for the it's record like that, it's like that heartbreak station one
1: yeah well you know i was going to say there have been some reissues lately that are pretty much from the same record label that's been putting out these new reissue editions with these Obies. i recently got the heartbreak station reissue on coke bottle green vinyl and the red vinyl edition of extremes first record Yeah, this company is making excellent reissues who, whoever it is in particular, some of these records, it says vinyl is beautiful. This one, it doesn't say it on on the uh, OB strip, but it looks like it's from the same company that's been putting it out. And I'm going to see if I could find it here. It's this A&R Studios, LM, LR, two different names on here. So we'll just go with those, but as far as some original statistics here on the record, it, the peak chart position, it peaked at number 18 on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart. And it was certified double platinum with over 2 million copies sold. And, you know, it had some big singles for them at the time. Hang Tough peaked at number 34 on Mainstream Rock charts. And Love Song hit two charts, Mainstream Rock tracks at number seven. And their, I don't know if this is their only and i don't think this is their only top 20 top 10 hit but love song peaked at number 10 on the billboard hot 100.
0: Yeah. And- it might be like i don't know how well signs it is as a single i mean it was huge on mtv but hey. i don't i'm not sure if it made top 10 uh, on the hot one i want to say anymore.
1: i want to say it, it cracked the top 20 at least
0: probably yeah and the but final- yeah, love, love song still their biggest song for sure definitely yeah. their biggest original song yeah
1: The Way It Is, their final single from the record peaked at number 13 on the mainstream rock charts and at number 55 on the Billboard Hot 100. So arguably their biggest record that they've ever...
0: Oh, yeah, it's absolutely their biggest record, no doubt about it. Like, and, you know, I grew up watching Dial-MTV and you couldn't escape Love Song for Uh. probably a good year or so. Uh, You know, it wasn't like Home Sweet Home or Pour Some Sugar on Me Huge, but it had its big few months in the sun for sure like i mean it was huge and yeah to the point where it's like sometimes i still don't want to see any of those videos to this day like this one's just getting to the point where i could probably watch it again i never want to see 18 in life again and you know like oh my god
1: can i just talk about <laughs> i'm glad you brought up the video for love song because i'm going to bring up something that somebody out there that's watching and or listening is going to go yes yes what the hell was the deal with that? The video for Love Song, what was with those weird overdubs of like people in the crowd? Like if, they, oh. if there's a guy like holding his arms up in the air, someone, they overdubbed the voice going, number one, and it's like, it's yeah. so obvious. It was an overdub.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know, the Verderame brothers and I, that was one thing that we picked up on as, as kids watching that video. We we're just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Like, that guy really just said that right now. Like, it's not totally a vocal overdub. So I just want to bring that up. That's
0: how strong his love was. It did find a way onto that video.
1: Shout out to Craig Smith if you're watching and or listening. Because maybe you you thought that at one point. (laughs) So, yeah, like I said, this is a great pressing. I, I feel very guilty in a way that I actually own it and so many people, you know, weren't able to get it. Having said that, I hope... Those of you who weren't able to get it on record store day will be able to get it, or they just reissue it again on another color and more on a bigger scale. So, did you pick this one up, Joey, or was it just me?
0: I, I did not. I am I am not a let's just say I'm not a vinyl Tesla fan. I have a, a good amount of the CDs, but I'm not enough of a fan to go there with vinyl, or at least actively pay like new prices for them. I guess is. Okay i should put it so nothing nothing wrong with the nothing against them i've even seen them live uh mm-hmm. but yeah you know
1: i mainly just, uh, want the first three records the ones they did with the first three they did with Geffen so
0: sure sure oh yeah, yeah easily and, and five minute acoustical jam is a really cool record i just recently yeah. listened to it uh, a few months ago and it holds up yeah uh, it's, a, it's a cool performance so
1: i mainly just uh, so. want those the first three on vinyl
0: so yeah and i I think there's strong there's even strong songs on uh freaking um what's the one after all that uh psychotic supper yeah there's good songs on that song and emotion uh i really like the ones that the ones that yeah the ones that z-rock just wore out but i still kind of like them like what you give and uh uh call uh, call it what you want like i still like those songs
1: yeah So I, I would anticipate that this label or some other label might might pick up on those and, you know, give them some some more reissues for Tesla.
0: Yeah, they need to stop doing this limited thing. Unless they're just going to bring it right back and on black, then they got to knock it off and taking them right out of print. Because I guess they're just trying to, you know, pique the interest, like to get it to like a fever pitch. Like, mm-hmm. like anybody who missed out on Slave to the Grind, it's like, I have to have this now. Yeah. Like, so just get a freaking blackout. Just do it. Just be done with it. Leave it in print. Yeah. I mean, they're just leaving money on the table at this point. So. I
1: agree. It, you know, as much as I'm glad to get these limited pressings, you know, I, so records like this, they should be more out there. Hey, it's Pete cutting in here solo, as I realized while editing this discussion that Joey and I never got around to picking a track from Tesla, The Great Radio Controversy, before we moved on to further discussions. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the track here to represent Tesla, The Great Radio Controversy. And I am going to choose track number three, which was the first video that was released to promote the album. So here is Tesla with Heaven's Trail, No Way Out. that's that's being reissued from you know 89 90 those those great years where you know bands like tesla and skid row were still you know prominent and you know big in the mainstream i definitely think they they deserve more of a wider you know release than just these limited you know 500 year thousand year like i was surprised yeah. slave to the grind didn't get more of a bigger pressing you know uh, yeah. first, first to debut at number one for metal in the sound scan era you know, mm-hmm. I was just very surprised. But, you know, we don't know what Run Out has in store with that one. Yeah. They, they, they put out another one, so.
0: Yeah, there'll probably be a, a black reissue with no bonus tracks on it, which I could see, you know, something they, like that.
1: Yeah, I think they, they reissued the typo negative Bloody Kisses on a on a smaller scale. It was still green, but they didn't have like all the, the bonus stuff on there. It was just I think it was just the yeah. record. I know both of us are going to discuss another particular record from... A record store day drop of the past, but why don't you get into your Black Friday record store day 2020 picks that I did not purchase?
0: Oh yeah, I'll I'll do it real quick. I got a handful of them here. Uh, this one right here, the first Ice T record, Rhyme Pays. Nice. Got got this on transparent yellow vinyl. Nice. So and this is this is uh, this is the one that started it all with the National Treasure, Ice T. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'd recommend. This one right here is kind of my art art pick, my hipster pick, if you will. But when I first started working in CD stores uh, around the peak of the new millennium, ninety nine two thousand, this was like my like kind of handshake with the rest of like uh, the kids and uh, like the aging hipsters. This is Amy Van's Bachelor Number Two. This is a great record if you're a fan of good quality American singer songwriters, like you know more mellow styles of Elvis Costello. Little Harry Nilsson thrown in there. Uh, if you've never heard Amy Man's Bachelor Number 2, uh, and all these songs... Well, let me try that again. So, by the way, just a great presentation here. I, I will open this one up. Uh, full lyrics and full commentary, song by song, and a little essay inside. Uh, the, the vinyl's beautiful, as uh, you can good. see here. And the cool thing about this is this was like kind of the peak of her as a solo artist in popularity because she wound up doing all the songs for the Magnolia soundtrack. And the cool thing about that is those songs weren't on this record, even though it's got the same kind of feel to it, but the Magnolia songs are on this vinyl pressing as a bonus side. So this is like the perfect package for this like kind of little timepiece right here for her. Speaking of great females, this one right here, the late Sharon Jones, her cover album, just dropped in to see what condition my rendition was in. Uh, Yes, and she does cover that Kenny Rogers song on here, but of course, what condition my condition was in. Uh, Other covers, she does uh, Fontella Bass's Rescue Me. She does Prince's Take Me With You. Uh, She does Janet Jackson's What Have You Done For Me Lately. And it's true to Sharon Jones' form, if you've heard anything on the Daptone Records label. It sounds like she did these originals. It sounds like, wait a second, are those cover songs that I've been hearing all this time? But the way they're recorded, it sounds like old Stax records. So when you hear her do the Janet Jackson song, you're like, wait a second. What's going on here? You know, it's like, no, this is a cover, but it sounds like it existed long before you ever knew it. And that's like the true genius of that. Uh, So I think, let's see, what else do I got here for Record Store Day specifically? Oh, yeah, this one right here. One of my favorite albums from the uh, 2000s decade. Fountains of Wayne's Welcome Interstate Managers. This is... A killer, killer record. If you're a fan of power pop, uh, this is a must own. I don't know if there's any out there still. I think people kind of gobbled them up. It's limited to 3,000. Uh, it's their most successful record, of course, because of Stacy's Mom, which is still a great song, of course. But uh, uh, by oh, wow, the nice. way, look, look at that bad boy. That's uh, wow. That's, that's a a good really, stuff for sure. Yeah, and it sounds really good too. It doesn't sound like they used uh, you know, digital tracks. It sounds like it's on tape, so I'm going to go with that. But yeah, I love this record. Rest in peace, Adam Schlesinger. But yeah, get get that record. Hopefully they'll put it back out and press right away, probably on black, but I'm glad I got it. I'm, I'm a fan. I, I deserve to have that on that color because I'm a big fan of that record. Uh, those are it for me for Record Store Day. I got a few more randoms unless you want to get into some other stuff.
1: No, I mean, I have the one record left here that uh, you and I picked up from Record Store Day Drop number three. Well, in my case, after the fact, because we already have an episode completed. It's actually the prior episode to this. So if you want to get into that record now, we we could do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay.
1: So as you very well know, I picked up The Rolling Stones, Metamorphosis, rarities compilation, after I seen your copy posted and... Wondered to myself, should I not have slept on this one? And you told me that I should buy it. So yeah.
0: there, if were, anything, there were... If, if, if anything, just for the iron-on, I mean, come on, yeah. how great is that?
1: And I, yeah, it's like I mentioned, you know, kind of jokingly on my uh, my post of the record, certainly the first piece of vinyl that I own that comes with its own iron-on for a t-shirt.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: And uh, shout-out uh-huh. to our friend Ron Valdez from the... Uh, Kiss Roundtable Discussions and Eddie Van Halen Tribute, he designed a hype sticker.
0: That's awesome. That's a great hype sticker too. I saved it. It wouldn't peel off properly. So there you, here you go, Ron. Look at this. Yeah. I had to use packing tape to go all over this, uh, this sleeve that I got for it here. Sometimes you gotta gotta use
1: household items, man. I get it. I totally get
0: it. Yeah. I clipped it out with scissors. And I used packing tape to save this beautiful, gorgeous hype sticker. That's there you dedicated. go, Ron. That is dedicated. Love you, Ron.
1: So, yeah, and, you know, just just quickly, Ron has the uh, great fortune of getting to do a lot of design work for uh, ABCO and uh, various other labels. He gave me one of his extra copies of the uh, Rock and Roll Circus edition that they just reissued. So Ooh. that's that's something that Ron and I want to – open and discuss at some point. So that that'll yeah. be coming up in the future. I have it back there. I haven't opened it yet. So
0: I'd love yeah, to see that.
1: Yeah. let's let's get into this um rarities compilation. Like I said to you, you know, I don't own a ton of Stones records. You know, most of my Stones vinyl is, you know, the greatest hits compilations that have been coming out these last few years for Record Store Day. And Ron Valdez actually worked on those. So you know my vinyl collection of Rolling Stones consists mostly of greatest hits compilations and um i have tattoo you and my favorite stones record sticky fingers so it was really nice to get something that didn't have you know a whole bunch of the typical hits and you know is is a rarities compilation but as i said Mm -hmm. to you outside of this discussion here this really truly plays like a greatest hits collection that just happens to be a collection of rarities
0: so it really does and it's uh i i think there's a lot of people out there still doesn't even know that this title exists like it's just uh even it seems like even when they did the really awesome super audio hybrids on cd for these like this one kind of just fell by the wayside even though they put it out with everything else like it just it never gets any love but yeah it's it's worth having Uh fan non-fan i think people will enjoy it either way so I'm glad you got it. I'm glad you uh, got something that's. I, I think you'll wind up putting it on a lot more than, than you might have expected up front. You know.
1: I, yeah. I agree. You know, just listening to it a few times I have already, and uh, we haven't mentioned it, but this is on a 180 gram green colored vinyl. It looks like a like a forest green. It actually looks pretty much like the border.
0: Yeah. The, um, yeah. Exactly. On the sticker, so, it, it looks exactly like that, and. Uh, Found that yeah.
1: like a nice Apco label where it has that like that fade effect, and yeah. I, I gotta I gotta say because you you know me when it comes to the center ring labels I, I you know it's, ever since I was a kid you know it's just one of those things that's always fascinated me and always was catchy to the eyes. But when I saw your copy and I saw that label, I was like, wow, that's that's a really cool looking record uh, that I would I would like to see on my turntable. So yeah. having said all of this, now there really wasn't any. Thing on here that I really was not really a fan of, so you can almost play anything on here. But uh,
0: yeah, I'd, I'd oh, like to know what really—I'd like to know what stuck out for you though on your some of your initial listens here. A trial of so th- harder. Think, ooh, yeah.
1: Out of time. I like the last song a lot. I'm going down, but that was good.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Those are those are the ones that that stick out the most at this moment. But yeah, you know, there, there could be so many others right now. But if uh, if I'm looking, you know. Quickly, those are the ones that stood out for me. So I would defer to you on on the best track to represent this one.
0: Yeah, let's go with I'm Going Down. since it's the last song, and it's the last song we're going to play today.
1: All right. So from the Rolling Stones, 180-gram green vinyl pressing of Metamorphosis from Record Store Day Drop number three, which took place, I think it was October 28th, 2020. Here is I'm Going Down to close out the show by the Rolling Stones we that was The Rolling Stones with I'm Going Down from Metamorphosis. 180 gram green vinyl from Record Store Day drop number three. And before we go, Joey, I believe you have some more records that you want to feature.
0: Yeah, these these come off like Record Store Day things, so I figured I'd, I'd talk about them. Plus, I just recently acquired them. Some of them are already out of print, which is ridiculous. Some of them are still very much in print. So I would say get these while you can, if you can. Another favorite from the 90s, this one right here, one of my favorite sophomore albums of all time, the Chinese album by Space Hog. And this is an MF. This is a great record. I think it's their best record, hands down. It's, like I said, not only one of the great sophomore albums ever, but I was so happy to get this on vinyl because it sounds like a 70s record it even starts off with the little vinyl scratch needle going on the the, the record uh, and the only thing that probably is the downgrade from putting it on vinyl is that on my original cd it never stops this thing doesn't have any pauses on it no spaces or anything oh really it, it, yeah it's it's separate track, but it just never stops and that's the great thing about this it even uh makes it sound like you turn the uh, player on where you needle know, goes roar into like the next song on one of the tracks. So this is a true vinyl record that finally got a vinyl issue of it limited to a thousand on maroon vinyl. Get it. If you see it out there, this one is widely available, but it's great. Uh, the Macedon medium rarities. Nice. It's uh it, it definitely comes off like a rarities collection because there's almost no structure, but it's a really fun. Listen. Uh, for one of the great metal bands of the last 20 years, and I'm very critical about my new metal. Uh, it's even got the song they did for the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie, which if you haven't heard or seen that track, it's one of the funniest things ever. And also, on the other side of the spectrum, their cover of Metallica's Orion is on here, and their cover of The Flaming Lips, "A Spoonful weighs a Ton, so they're all over the place. Even has a Feist cover on here, by the way. So, And this one right here, another heralded 90s gem, Lenny Kravitz's Circus. Wow. Uh, This thing just came out last December real quietly, and uh, hopefully people will get hip to this record because we're... Very underrated.
1: uh, Very underrated Lenny Kravitz record.
0: Yeah. Maybe his best top to bottom, although Mama said... His darkest. It's it's definitely his darkest. I mean, it's kind of like fair warning. The the imagery kind of leans into it being perceived as dark, but it definitely has a lot of the... uh, the trappings that he's fallen into, mm-hmm. post-divorce, maybe getting into a little bit of chemicals—who knows? But this is a great record, and the bonus tracks on here, besides the last one, are very quality. And here's my vinyl anniversary—30 years ago this week. One wow, of my favorite. vinyl
1: copy of that. Nice. I'm David Lee
0: Roth, "A Little Ain't Enough." Uh, it is a Record Club version, as you can see by that label. Uh, but, but the fact that I have it on vinyl with an original sleeve. Which is rare for a record club, also. So really? there you go. Yeah. So.
1: Now was that is that was that still the the white Warner Brothers label at that point?
0: Uh, let's see. Let let's let's check.
1: See me with the label. Oh
0: yeah, it yeah. is.
1: There we go. Okay.
0: Nice. Yeah. Or okay, I should just ahead. do it that way. So okay, yeah. But yeah, and it sounds good, even though it's like a hour long thing, pretty much. Uh, you know. So. Yeah, I'm, I, I had to pay a little bit for this a few years ago to, to finally get it on vinyl, but I'm glad I did. It's one of my favorite records of his. It's unheralded, and I think it's real good. And you got the twin guitar attack of the yin-yang of Steve Hunter and of uh, Jason Becker. So it's like this little, like, you know, you got your blues rock and you got your shred rock, a little bit of everything. Uh, there's only, like, you know, two songs that might be conceived here. That you might think is like filler or throwaway, but it's still a fun record. It's freaking Dave. So even even on the filler track, there's going to be a couple of uh, nuggets of wisdom for you. So so real yeah.
1: quick, real real quick before we uh, begin to sign off, is a little ain't enough. Do you agree with me that a little ain't enough is better than skyscraper?
0: Overall, I think it is. Yeah, it's they're completely different records though. Like just like skyscraper is self-produced in very eighties little ain't enough is more classic rock sounding bob rock If you could tell it's a bob rock production because it's got a big huge sound i I like them for different reasons but yeah probably song first song yeah little ain't enough is probably just a little bit better a little a little bit better
1: but like i said you know you said the bob rock thing you know i lean a lot towards production versus you know song quality sometimes yeah, but yeah, yeah. i mean uh, skyscraper compared to a little ain't enough you're yeah. not going to beat the production of bob rock you know with what skyscraper had to offer because we, we I mean, know- he was
0: at his peak at that point he was yeah. at his peak with his ears and his production value. so absolutely yeah.
1: and we know that you know skyscraper was a, a, a pretty blatant attempt to to push roth further into this glossy mainstream era that was you know prevalent at, at the time and Sure. And it's uh, Billy Sheehan being like, "I'm out of here."
0: Yeah, Sheehan says he's got a better mix of skyscraper in his sock drawers. So. I would
1: love to hear that.
0: Yeah, I would too. Um, but yeah, if you want to hear Bob Rock between Feel Good and the Black album, yeah, it's a little late enough, and you should have it.
1: That that is another interesting point there. So I think mm-hmm. we should leave on that, and we should go into our outro here and give love to our fellow podcasts here at cnjradio.com.
0: I was going to say, you're going to play, ooh, Black Friday. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yes, please tune in to (laughs) cnjradio.com for more high comedy. Uh, It's free and reasonably priced, as always. So, yeah, you hear Rock Strikes 10, which is my show. You're, of course, listening to I Am Vinyl, and you find that on CNJ Radio. Go check out all the episodes of that and of Rock Strikes 10, the flagship The Wrestling House show, Talking Rock with myself and Mark Striegel. Uh, there's also The Last Theater with Chris and the Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions is Brandy Brown, True Alternative. I'll give an extra plug. He has his best of 2020 shows out this week. Nice. If you haven't heard my best of 2020 six-parter, I think I can actually justify having six parts, maybe. But go check it out and let me know what you think.
1: All right, great. Well, as always, Joey, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, whether it's offline or in this realm here on Zoom for our podcast here at I Am Vinyl and I thank everybody for tuning in to listen and if you're watching here on YouTube or whichever platform you choose and we just thank you for the last two years of listening and we hope to bring you more in the future maybe a little quicker Uh, there was a little hiatus uh, from beginning of December up until now but we're going to try to get some more episodes out as soon as possible so We thank you all for listening, and we will see you for our next episode.
0: Rock and roll.